You are listening to Did You Hear? 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 The Johnson County Library Podcast. We are coming to you from the Central Resource Library in Overland Park, Kansas. This is your Library Insider. This episode of Did You Hear? features a great type of book to explore, the anthology. We'll talk about anthologies and how perfect they are for bite-sized bedtime reading with Dave Carson, Helen Hokinson, and Lisa Allen. But first, it's your weekly word. Chuffed. Very pleased. Welcome to another edition of Did You Hear? And in this episode, we talk about antiquities. What? (laughs) (laughs) Analogies. Anthologies. Sea anemones. What? Yeah. Anthology. Anthologies. What is an anthology, Dave? Well, before we do that, why don't we introduce (laughs) who we're hearing? Um, I think you figured out, to the left of me, (laughs) this is Helen Hoganson, and she is an IS librarian here at the Central Resource Library. Say hello, Helen. Hello, Helen. (laughs) (laughs) And to my right is Lisa, and you are over at Monticello. I am. I'm an IS an information specialist at Monticello. Okay, great. This is your first time on the podcast, it right? It is. Well, welcome. Thanks for having me. And so we're not going to talk about <laughs> antiquities. We're not going to talk about analogies or sea anemones. We are going to talk about anthologies. And I guess you already asked the question, but I'll ask it again. What the heck is an anthology? An anthology is basically a collection of writing um, by different authors, usually about the same subject. So, for example, um, Lisa Allen, here who we're talking with, has been in several anthologies. One, I can't remember how we met, but I feel like it it was through this book. It was through this book. Listen to your mother, what she said then, what we're saying now. It was edited by Anne Imming. So this is all about parenting, essays, um, poetry, short stories. Um, Usually the editor, um, Lisa can talk more about this, but um, usually an editor will put out a call, either they're inviting their friends, writers they know to submit, or maybe they put out a public call and take submissions from um, people who just come upon their call for submissions. Well, Lisa, she said that you are in these anthologies. So are you a writer? I am a writer. Oh, that's fantastic. Thank you. I've been published in two anthologies so far, and there's another one forthcoming at the end of this year. So, And these... These are anthologies that we have right here on our shelves at the Johnson County Library. You do. Wow. You do. We have authors that walk among us <laughs> on true. staff at the Johnson County Library. Interestingly, yeah. before Lisa got hired at the library, she won one of our writing contests. Oh, really? For poetry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With a brilliant poem, oh, which thanks. you can find on our website. On the website. <laughs> that is really great. Yeah. Is, is, that your, is that what brought you to us, that... I'd, I mean, I'd been a patron for, what, 16 years and mm-hmm. brought my kids all the time. But when I started writing and I was that, – that anthology, the Listen to Your Mother anthology came about because there was a show 
called Listen to Your Mother that I was a cast member of. And then the anthology came out, and we were looking for ways to share the book with people. Uh-huh. And I researched your website and came upon the local author's blog. It's our website now. Our That's right, our <laughs> website. Thank you. Um, and reached out to Helen. And so from that, I got to come to the writers' conferences and submitted to the, the writing contest here. But, yeah. Oh, yeah, so she cool. was on faculty at the writers' conference for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And wow. then, I don't know, did... Did I bully you into applying for a job, or did you do that on your own? I can't remember. You, 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 there's a little bit of both. You, you were very supportive. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, so the other anthology that Lisa in, um, I can't make myself say the title. It's, well, that's okay. We'll beep it out. Well, I, I will tell our audience that this <laughs> Well, so I'll this, just read the back of title. it because it kind of explains what it is it says enough samantha b said a bad word the worst word it's so bad that i can't make myself say it on this podcast um but for those of you who you know watch samantha b she called um ivanka trump this word and here's (laughs) what she says about a couple words right it's a phrase yeah okay but about that particular word it says it's a word i have used on the show many times hoping to reclaim it this time i used it as an insult that -hmm. was from samantha b's apology and so this anthology it's a feminist anthology and so it's all it's full of poetry and short Mm -hmm. stories and essays about women and and their reaction to that phrase larger reactions you know what we've got to get past this and so so to to empower us (laughs) we're each going to say it and then i will beep it out it will be beeped out during there so i'll go ahead and say it first okay feckless (laughs) (laughs) it's hard to say it i mean i it's such a powerful word it i hope i remember (laughs) to edit that we're gonna get in trouble this might be the last podcast (laughs) did you hear Boy, did you hear. The interesting thing is that there's a lot of powerful writing in in this anthology. Uh So, um, um, yeah, I highly recommend it. It's in our collection. So if you can uh, get past the – well, you can search on Lisa Allen as an author and find it if you can't bring yourself to type that You know what? You know what I've done, too? You can also just search Feckless, Uh and it comes up, which is nice. But what – this conversation is so fascinating to me because part of the, part of the reason for the anthology is that use of language and how mm-hmm. we take a word and use it for good or for bad against someone else. Mm-hmm. So some of the pieces in that book are talking about how that word was used to demean or to abuse or to to you know cause ill will and how how some of those writers are trying to reclaim that and redefine it in their life so i think that's such an interesting and that can come out of all these different anthologies right Mm -hmm. it's not unique to just this one you know it's so interesting one of samantha b's uh former cohorts from the daily show lewis black uh, he used to say that there is no bad language there's only language and Mm -hmm. words have meaning and so you use certain words to show emphasis and uh, severity mm-hmm. and it's very important that we have these words and we have to pick and choose when to use them and I think that's a good tie-in to poetry because that's kind of part of what poetry is about mm-hmm. it is it's about language choices mm-hmm. and so um, I think I have some questions about anthologies are anthologies always poetry or are they short story anthologies 
there's all kinds of anthologies. Lisa mm-hmm. and I were talking yesterday about one that we no longer own. It's not in the collection, but it was it, um, it was edited by Kim Adonisio, and it's pictures of authors and their tattoos and then they tell mm-hmm. the story of a particular tattoo so um, one of our upcoming faculty for the writers conference in November is Joshua mm-hmm. Moore and he was in that collection and he has tattoos for eat that represent each of his books that he's written oh wow <laughs> they're super cool and That's then cool. his publisher is um, two dollar radio and they have a $2 radio tattoo. And so I, I doubt all the authors that publish with $2 radio have one. But there's, you know, this club <laughs> of people. And when you see that $2 radio, you know they've been published with $2 radio. Wow. Or they're faking. Huh. That is really interesting. It would take a lot of nerve to fake something like that, don't you think? Yeah. I can't get rid of it. <laughs> so um, I, I have to admit that I'm, I'm, I'm feigning ignorance a little bit. Um, I used to compete in forensics back when I was in college. Yes, and forensics uh, people. <laughs> right. And so I, I was fairly successful in, in prose and poetry. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that back in the day before the Internet, you know, you would just comb through all these anthologies just trying to just reading short story after short story poem after poem just trying to find stuff that would work for you that spoke to you and Mm -hmm. that you felt like would be meaningful to other people Mm -hmm. um and so I'm, I'm, I'm familiar with anthologies. Oh, nice. <laughs> well, I mean, everybody's familiar with anthologies from when they were in school and they were studying you know English and so they had their anthology from whatever western history anthologies Mm -hmm. but there are some really fun anthologies yeah i was going to say that you know so i do know what an anthology is but i don't know the extent of our collection so take us through it well here are just a couple so last night a superhero saved my life um this one i discovered because we are another one of our faculty members for the writers conferences ron curry and he has an essay in here. It's all about superheroes and how, um, you know, in the in- introduction, they talk about how how people gravitated to particular superheroes and what it meant to them during their lives. And for Ron Curry, it was Weapon X. But we're having an essay contest, why I should get to have dinner with Ron Curry. So if you win this wow. essay contest, you will be invited to have dinner with Ron Curry with just you and your friend. And if you don't have time to read any of his novels, which you do, um, <laughs> you know, you can look for his shorter works in these anthologies and get a feel for who he is, right? So these mm-hmm. are personal essays. For example, I know that Ron Curry cheated at Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> because I read his essay. <laughs> <laughs> and when I was wooing him to come here for the conference for not very much money, our budget is small, you know, I was able to display by teasing him about that, that I've, I'm familiar with your work and I admire it. And oh, that's sure, why yeah. I'm inviting you. So I don't know. That's why he decided to come. That's why they call you clever. Helen do they? Hokinson. No, they don't. <laughs> Who is they? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, uh, so did you have a, a passage you wanted to read from that? Um, I had not picked a passage. Um, <laughs> you do not have to read a passage <laughs> if you don't want to. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know if I can pull a passage out, but let's talk about um, another one. This is The Kiss, Intimacies from Writers. Okay. And one of the cool things about anthologies is I was, last year, one of our faculty at the Writers' Conference was Kim Adonisio, and I was looking to see if I had missed reading anything by her, and she's in this anthology. It's edited by Brian Turner, and I was like, Brian Turner, it was like meeting an old friend. His poetry collection, Here Bullet, was, it's an amazing collection. And so I was like, I don't know. I was just so excited to find something. He, you know, obviously writes the introduction. And, um, you know, you just get to see a different side of someone whose writing you admire. So that was really cool. And Kim Adonisio's essay, is amazing interlude so check this out and read interlude because i i had intended just to read that essay and i ended up reading this cover to cover wow Um, just you just discover a lot of authors that you might not hear about otherwise and and then down the rabbit hole you go right so do um a, a lot of these authors that have short stories or short poems then have um you know, full-length novels or their own books of, uh, you know, poetry and whatnot. Some of them do and some of them don't. Mm-hmm. You know, for instance, Lisa's been in, in several anthologies and she's she has manuscripts that <laughs> I'm waiting for her to get published. <laughs> oh, that's very cool. Yeah. Again, it depends on how the editor collected the writing right so for instance how how, last night a superhero saved my life jody pico brad meltzer neil gaiman so we those are all recognizable authors most of them whereas um the title that will not be named by helen um (laughs) has more um you know lesser known writers yeah i sure hope i go back and beep that out (laughs) (laughs) well it was nice knowing you Well, so speaking of the authors, um, from the writer's angle, you know, as a writer, um, what are the benefits of being included in an and it's easy for me to say, right? <laughs> being included in an anthology. Um, I'm going to let Lisa, Lisa answer that. You know, for me, as someone who's looking for writers to hire, it's nice to be able to discover someone's writing so I know something about how they write what they write about and what I intend to do with them when they get here are they going to fit with other people I'm bringing to the conference or do I want to do them for something else okay so you know um right but you know so how did you get into well it? there's definitely that but I think one of the one of the most obvious things is that it's it's an easier way to publish than than having to shop an entire full manuscript that you might be looking for an agent for, or you might be looking for a publishing house for. If you respond to a call, um, you're usually responding with, with a smaller piece, with something that is, okay. you know, an essay that's maybe five pages instead of a book that's 300 pages. So that's one obvious benefit, is you can place work without having had um, a, a book title to your name. But another benefit is, you know, being in a book with other writers helps spawn your community of writers. You get to know other people's work and you you sometimes find something that you really love, like Helen did with 
with that piece in the kiss. But from the writer standpoint, sometimes you find people that, that you can bounce ideas off of or or because writing is a lonely thing, right? You're doing it by yourself and and sometimes it's difficult to get out there and share your work with people. But sure. when you're in an anthology, you're in it with other writers who right. obviously have an interest in that theme or that topic. So there's a little bit of community building, I think, that happens around anthologies too. Do you feel like so when you are um, initially like applying to be in uh, an anthology, mm-hmm. um, you're seeking them out. Do you find once you're then published that it's the other way around? They start seeking you out. I think a lot of anthologies are curated, yeah. So and they're seeking out well-known names because uh-huh. you know books are products and there's marketing and when you can market a product with a known name it usually sells better but actually in my experience it was the the reverse the first book that i had a piece in the anthology listen to your mother was solicited i was in you know i was in that show and i got an email that from ann imig saying we'd like to include your piece in our upcoming anthology Um, the other two i submitted to open calls so it really it's really Unique, depending on the editor, the probably the house, whoever's publishing it, and the theme of the anthology as to whether or not it's curated or open for submissions. Okay. And did you have to? Did you have to pay to submit? Is it like submitting to a magazine or? A- um, I did not pay to submit to either. Um, Susan Rukeyser published "Feckless Cunt," which is the title that Helen doesn't want to say. <laughs> um, which I'm working on saying it too. It's not easy to say that word. What if my mother hears this <laughs> podcast? Um, Susan Rukeyser, she, she just, I admire what she did so much. She saw what what happened with Samantha B. And within, I think, a few days or, or a week or two, she had put out a call. She said, "I I want to respond to this." in in a way that brings lots of different voices together to offer different thoughts on it um she didn't charge a submission fee the the piece the book that's coming out later this year is from hippocampus books Mm -hmm. um i don't think there was a fee if there was it was maybe a five dollar fee um but i don't remember that some of them do have fees though it's like submitting to any lit journal or Mm -hmm. any other place they all determine whether or not they're going to charge a submission fee. Yeah. Um, I find the submission fees are usually higher when there's a contest because then there's you know a guest judge and there's usually right. prize money and public that right. kind of thing. That makes sense. But um, for writers who are looking for anthology calls, you can go to Submittable and just search free anthologies and see what mm-hmm. what comes up. Or um, NewPages.com is a great place to look for those calls too. Is that the most common way that people you know? end up uh, trying to get their uh, their work published in anthologies? By submitting to an open call? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Unless you're already tied into a community or you know an editor and you kind of have subject matter knowledge or craft knowledge on the theme on which they want to publish, then you might be solicited. But if you're, if you're looking to get your work out there and, and anthologies are on your list, um, submittable new pages, and sometimes Twitter – are good ways to go because you can see a lot of calls on on Twitter or follow a lot of the journals or, or houses on Twitter. So do you think Jody Pico submitted to last night a superhero saved my life or do you think she I'm kidding she obviously <laughs> I say my guess is they asked her. <laughs> so what are the advantages to publishing work in an, an oh my gosh in an anthology 
And uh, why is that better than working on your novel or your memoir or whatever? Um, I don't know that it's better, but it's different. If you're working on a novel or a memoir, you're working on a very large body of work. And it's sometimes difficult to get people to read that very large body of work if you've not been published before. In terms of, of the business of being a writer, publishing credits amp, amp up your credibility with other publishers or other or agents if you're looking for an agent. So if you've been published, whether that's in an anthology or a lit journal or an online magazine, having those credits shows that other people have seen your work, have deemed it worthy of publication, and you know maybe they should take a look at what you have. Yeah. Um, so that's definitely one. And most most writers I know are it's not that it's not that they're rungs on a ladder or anything, but but sure. they are they're working in tandem, right? They're working uh-huh. on their larger piece, but they're also right. working on smaller pieces that are more easily placeable so that they can continue to to build their name and to build their publishing credits right. as they're working on their bigger piece. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know who said it, but a writer writes, and so I'm assuming that you just write and write and write, and there are several different uh, lengths and formats and all kinds yeah. of different ways that you write. You Absolutely. just got to keep writing. Because, yeah. you know, the other interesting thing is, you know, people can write novels and, and memoirs and, and short story collections and stuff, but sometimes a subject matter only needs a poem or an essay. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, yeah, sure. like the the piece that I have coming out and the book that's coming out later this year is about uh, my grandmother butchering chickens at the yeah. at the fried chicken restaurant in my hometown. That's not enough for an entire book, but it's enough for an essay in an anthology. Yeah. So sometimes it's driven by what you want to write about or the subject matter too. And do you feel like uh, writing at different lengths and different formats and things like that? It it informs and helps and aids. Um, the other types of writings that, that you Absolutely. do. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that if you if you dig into some anthologies and you're interested not just in the subject of the anthology, but you're you're curious about craft, yeah. I think you can see that in the anthologies. Like I'm reading um, Not That Bad, which is an anthology edited by Roxanne Gay, and the subtitle is Dispatches from Rape Culture. So you automatically know what these pieces are going to be about. And all of the all of the pieces are touching me in a very human way, but I'm fascinated with people have this one subject to talk about, but their craft approaches are completely different. So there are some that are straight up essays, and there are some that are more lyric poem in prose form, and there are some that are written in in sections. So looking at it to see how creative people can be with just the same topic, uh-huh. I think is a really great a great way that anthologies shine because they can bring yeah. all those together in one book. For sure. Yeah. So what, what else are you reading? Well, anthology-wise, there are three that I'm reading right okay. now. I only have two with me, but um, Not That Bad by Roxane Gay. Um, Roxane Gay, she has, a, she has a history with this. She was, she was gang raped as a child, and she talks a lot about how trauma formed her life but didn't take her life. And so with the Me Too movement and everything, she curated this this collection of voices from both men and women about rape culture and about the the different nuances of assault and aggression and all of these things. Um, I'm also reading a brand new one that just came out, and you'll have to put yourself on hold at the library because there are like 10 holds on it so far, um, is called Things My Mother and I Don't Talk About which is edited by Michelle Philgate, and it has some essays by some authors I love, including Melissa Phoebos. Um, that came because uh, Michelle wrote an essay 
about um, the abuse she suffered at the hands of her stepfather and how her mother wouldn't acknowledge it. I hope I'm right on that memory. Mm. Um, And that got a lot of traction. People were talking about it. So she put together an anthology with other authors about things that they don't talk to their mothers about or or didn't talk to their mothers about. Um, So I I have a question for you both. Do you you find that you you find yourself gravitated more towards these thematic anthologies rather than you know, back when I was looking through anthologies it was always the best of you yeah know? and yeah. so but you that meant you you bounced from topic to topic to topic but th- these seem like it would be a much more cohesive read like it's you know all similar very different voices perhaps right. but, but very different I think my my reaction to that is I don't want someone to tell me what's the best of. Uh-huh. Like I'm happy for the people who got published in the best of, but as a reader, I just reader, wanted to be successful in yeah, forensics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, right. But as a reader, I'm part of what I love about anthologies is that I can read something by an author whose work I already know. Sure. But then I can fall in love with someone with someone's work that I've never heard of that person before. Yeah. So then I get to decide what I like and what I don't like. It's I, it's more egalitarian, I think, and I think it's more interesting those those themed rather than just a curated collection of yeah. what's already been there. So, uh, but but you you gravit do you, do you find yourself gravitating towards certain themes over other themes? Mm-hmm. That's a really good question. Um, I'm a memoir and poetry person in general, so I okay. think I gravitate towards um, personal essays, um, usually that have to deal with some kind of dysfunction or some kind of struggle. Um, I think it's really hard to write about happy things or happiness and I haven't read a lot of those types of essays or poems that resonate because I think part of reading is that me too experience so you read something and you're like oh I get that because I've experienced it and you get to see it in all of these different iterations and these different levels and other people so I gravitate more toward um, relationship things especially the dynamics between mother and daughter or husband and wife or friends that kind of thing interesting yeah kind of the opposite of uh, chicken soup for the soul <laughs> what about you kind of, yeah, yeah. This is her next anthology <laughs> that she edits will be chicken soup for the dark <laughs> <laughs> my, my soup bowl is empty <laughs> no one ever puts soup in my bowl um, so, <laughs> um, so Helen what, what about you what what do you grab to what do you look for what uh, you know does it for you with an anthology I hate to sound boring but I am constantly reading with an eye to the writers conference I'm always Uh. looking I'm either looking in anthologies for people who I've already hired out of paranoia that I might have made a poor choice (laughs) (laughs) or I've heard someone's mentioned someone and I don't have time to read an entire book or a memoir or I'm I'm reading too many other things, but so, you know, essays, short stories are a great way to get a taste for, for what that person is like. So, you know, I'm very, my, I'm very practical in my approach to anthologies at this time in my life, but it's a great rediscovery. You know, we all yeah. read them in college and then mm-hmm. I hadn't picked one up for 20 years. And then I just discovered this wonderful thing that's right here. I'm surrounded by yeah. eight hours a day, every day. And yeah, so, you know, uh, it's fun. And I, I'm sure that one of the nice things about it is that uh, you you get it in little segments. If you think of it like a meal, you you get mm-hmm. a little taste, and you can mm-hmm. go away and mm-hmm. come back in a little bit more. And ultimately, there's 
the full meal, but you don't have to take it all in at once. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and one thing I yeah. like about them is I'm not a series reader, mm -hmm. so no matter how big the cliffhanger is at the end of the first one, I'm probably not going to read the second one. I don't know what's wrong with me. But <laughs> anthologies, you you read a poem, and then the next thing is a short story, and then the next thing might be another short story, but it's completely different from the one you just read. And so mm. I really enjoy that that diversity, which is kind of why I like being a librarian. You're working the desk, and you don't know what's going to hit you. Yeah. Everybody who walks in the door has a completely different question yeah so it kind of suits my personality i guess well what you just said like that's part of the reason that when i throw a book in my bag most often it's in anthology because if i'm waiting at the doctor's office or wherever i can read Mm -hmm. a poem or I could read yeah. a, an essay and I don't have to stop in the middle yeah. you know you can pick it up and put it down usually yeah yeah that's a great point uh let's talk a little bit about editing so uh I know Lisa you have been involved in editing have you Helen at all no, no. never no. ever okay no. so Lisa Yes. You just edited an anthology. I did. I co-edited an anthology. Okay. Um, it's called Maximum Tilt. It's I, I'm in, I'm currently in an MFA program at a at a college outside of Boston. It's a low residency program okay. um, called Solstice. And as you know, the Solstice is the maximum. You know, when the earth when the Earth and the Sun are farthest apart, which was where the name Maximum Tilt comes from. So there were two students and I after a residency, and we were talking about these common phrases that we use all the time that we all think we know what the other is saying, but maybe we don't because of generational gaps or whatever. And we're also talking about how much we love the program that we're in and how we wanted to try to give back. So we decided none of us have any editing experience or publishing experience, but we decided that we were going to uh, start an anthology series. Wow. And we put out an open call to start with, and we were overwhelmed with how many people submitted work to us. Um, and we published our first volume last month. We will publish twice a year to coincide with the residencies at our program. And the whole point, well, there are two points. One, we want to put more good work, more good words out into the world. And there are so many people who are trying to get published, um, which is evidenced by the number of submissions we received. But we've also benefited in some way from a fellowship or a scholarship. And there's a scholarship fund at the Solstice Program at Pine Manor that is called Writers Helping Writers. And it goes, it's, it's solely based on financial needs. So every, we're not taking any profits from this anthology. Everything that we make over printing cost is being donated to that scholarship fund so that people who want to go to school and study yeah. have a little bit of help. Wow, that's, that's really interesting. Yeah. Uh, so how was the learning process and what was the learning process? Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> um, the learning process, so you have to switch, in my experience, you have to switch your brain a little bit, and you have to become a different kind of reader, because you're not just reading for yourself. You're reading, so these submissions come into your inbox, right? And and you are reading not just to see whether or not it resonates with you, or if you think it's well-crafted, but you're also reading to see if it goes with the other things that you might want to put into this anthology. Because an anthology has to have a theme, right? So you right. can't have these very different um subjects or they have to tie together somehow. So you have to switch your brain to, to read in that way. And you're not just reading the piece, you're thinking about it kind of as a patchwork quilt of how these are all going to go together in the in the one issue of the anthology. Yeah. Um, and it also, I really believe that editing helps me as a writer. Because sure. when I am reading someone else's work, I can more easily say, 
I love this, but I wish you would have been jammed here. Or I think this is great, but I don't really understand what you're trying to say in this paragraph. And if you take that and look at your own work with that in mind, right. I think it makes me a better writer. And I hope that it continues to make me a better writer as we continue to publish um, new volumes each year. Well, so Helen, as an IS librarian then, and uh, folks that might come into the library and need a little help finding that good starter anthology, <laughs> where, where are you going to direct them? It depends. I mean, we use the Dewey Decimal System, <laughs> which is a subject classification. Right. right. So, for instance, the KISS is in is 394, okay. which I think is social issues, um, or maybe that's where you find the um, romance manuals, like how mm. to get married, how to catch her, I think. <laughs> I'd have to double check that. Um, but Last Night a Superhero Saved My Life is in 741, which is with the comic books, I believe. Uh -huh. And then the title, which shall not be named, is in the 305, so just like the ah, social, okay. so, so political kind of... So all over the place. It depends because, on the subject. Mm -hmm. Because they are based by... They're, yeah. they're thematic and they're... Yeah. 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 But the librarian yes. at the desk when you come in can help you find a good anthology. It's, mm -hmm. It starts with a conversation with a librarian. Yeah. Yeah. Find out what, what makes you tick. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. Are there, do you know of any good lists of anthologies that we might have in BiblioCommons or maybe even out there on the web? I don't, but I suspect <laughs> you're about to ask me to make one. I was going to say, yeah. I've started right. to make one mm. based on, on this conversation and some of the other ones that I've read, but I haven't looked for one. Mm. I have just searched BiblioCommon for anthology and came up with a great you know, list that I could winnow down depending on. Uh, that's how I found this one, which I didn't even know existed, but is really incredible. Um, it's the Golden Shovel Anthology which yep. the golden shovel is a poetic form that Terrence Hayes created um, from his love of Gwendolyn Brooks's work. And I wouldn't have known that we had this unless I searched just for anthology, huh. um, poetry anthology. Okay. So, yeah, it's a weird well, animal. Well, I'll tell you what, let's do this. It's the power of this podcast, okay? <laughs> so what we'll do is uh, we'll assume that people that have come across this podcast saw that the topic of this episode is anthologies. For whatever reason, they were curious about it, or that resonates with them, and they're like, oh, maybe they're gonna talk about my favorite anthologies. So, those of you that are out there, contact us through our Facebook page, and please recommend your favorite anthologies, oh, or go that. to jocolibrary.org and just browse through our uh, catalog and, and find those anthologies and let's collectively generate a list and then we can make that available to everyone. How's that sound? That's great. Okay. okay. Yeah. Well, everyone, get to it. <laughs> Did we miss a question you wish we would have asked? Do you have thoughts or stories about today's topic? Share them with us on Facebook, facebook.com slash jocolibrary. And now, our writer's quote of the day. Hi, I have a 
literary quote for you. It's about books, but it's also about librarians. Uh, my name is Grace Bentley. I'm a youth services or youth information specialist at Monticello. My quote is from an author named Alex E. Harrow, and it's Alex A L I X, and it's from a short story published in Apex Magazine. The short story is called A Witch's Guide to Escape, a Practical Compendium of Portal Fantasies. And here's the quote. I do my best to give people the books they need most. In grad school, they called it ensuring readers have access to texts slash materials that are engaging and emotionally rewarding. And in my other kind of schooling, they called it divining the unfilled spaces in their souls and filling them with stories and starshine. But it comes to the same thing. Thanks. We leave you with sounds from one of our locations. It's your audio minute we call Library Zen. For more episodes of Did You Hear, go to the Johnson County Library website, jocolibrary.org slash didyouhear.